0: This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone.
1: Let's get it started on Dubai I 103.8. Ain't it just? Yeah, welcome to the show. This is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. We're live on Dubai I 103.8. Uh, we do it every Tuesday from 10 through till 11. So what are we talking about today? Today's topic, how to take a small F&B operation and supersize it like one of them big gulps uh, into how do you take a small operation, a startup, if you like, uh, and uh, to... Uh, and uh, turn it into the big time, plus uh, why investors have their sights on coffee as well. We're focusing on the food and beverage industry, how entrepreneurs can get started and succeed, and the new developments in the market. There have been many stories of how people are starting up a cooking passion project during the pandemic, but how do you make it into a profitable business and what do you do once your business takes off? How do you expand and how do you meet the growing demands of customers? We'll speak to Crush Brands later about what they're doing to help the fru- foodpreneurs out there in the market. Plus, uh, talking coffee. Why? The global coffee market, valued at approximately $102 billion in 2019, expected to reach revenue worth $155 billion by 2026. That's according to researchandmarkets.com. Here in the Middle East, the industry is expected to grow to $44 billion this year, according to Euromonitor International. So, how can startups tap into this market? Is the market already. Um, uh, too full. We'll be speaking to the founder of the delivery app uh, Kofi, who've just announced some big funding news this morning. Therefore, plenty to get through.
0: You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone
1: on Dubai Eye 103.8. And you're just Jess. Good to have you on board as always. We're asking you to get involved as well uh, as we uh, dive into some of the big stories uh, of the day uh, with none other than the, than the co-founder and the chairman of Virtue Zone, Mr. Neil Petch. Uh, Neil, great to have you with us yet again. All good. Top
2: of the morning to you, Tom Foodpreneur. What an amazing word! It sounds like an almost a laxative.
1: Yeah, well, I think we just made it up, so it's it's, it's all good. Going to be diving into that one. I get mean, that domain. Are are there, there, in terms of, uh, uh, I'm not going to ask you for a percentage, etc. But has has there been an uptick uh, in the number of people approaching you looking to turn sort of food passion projects into a business? Well, A,
2: we've had record amounts of new revenue, as I told you last week, and B, anyone that's walked into DIFC in the last uh, few months and seen it's impossible to get a table must think that it's the easiest thing in the world to launch an F&B idea. It's the dream job, passive income. You just sit at home and count your money, thinks everyone. Well, I think some of our guests later are going to show us that that's not the case, but if you hit the nail on the head, if you get it right, then yes, it's absolutely perfect. Certainly, as, as you mentioned, because of COVID, because people staying at home, whether they be amazing chefs of a certain thing, or they're just sitting there having an idea, then that we've had a lot of really interesting things come out. And this has come at the same time as Amazon is revolutionizing so many businesses. So we're going to be speaking to a couple of people in coffee later on in the show. And coffee is something that I know that Amazon have been pushing enormously and have turned huge online revenues
1: Indeed we are. Listen, this is the point of the show that Neil and I turn our attention to some of the big talkers of the day. Well briefed.
0: The business stories you need to know this week. So
1: one big story jumping off the page for us in this realm. The Khalifa Fund for Enterprise Development has teamed up with Atisalat and Microsoft to help Abu Dhabi's SMEs in their digital transformation. As part of an online education programme, Atisalat and Microsoft will organise webinars and workshops and offer preferential rates and digital support to the Emirates small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, I suppose this is just indicative, Neil, is it not, of the fact that anybody, regardless of what field, you're looking to get started up in the moment, you need tech and data behind you in order to make your mark.
2: You absolutely do. I'm smiling because you probably don't know that we're also partners with the Tisselat and thus the Killy for fun. So, so you made me very happy by saying that. I think it, you know, it, it's a brilliant sign that, that one of the huge giants of the UAE is getting behind starting up uh, businesses. And, of course, when you set up your company, you don't actually think, oh, I must have a trade license. I'd love it if you did. But what you want is a bank account that works. You want a phone that works. You want to be able to call your customers. You want to be able to send invoices, receive money, and so on. And the tech is a huge part of that. And it's not just getting a phone. You know, Tom, if you were to open up a business and bring in, let's say, 10 staff, if you had to buy 10 laptops and 10 iPhones. Before you know it, you've spent an absolute fortune. Mm. Now you want to be able to spend that money, surely, on you know some brilliant sales staff and a bit of marketing, a few ads on ARN to drive the to drive the Just traffic. <laughs> so if you do that, so if you're able to prioritise, so we, with with the and with the help of the likes of the Khalifa Fund, can actually make this attainable for startups, so that they can actually finance. Getting all of that equipment and that data and, and that tech. And then the second thing is so many entrepreneurs are sitting on data in their business that they don't know how valuable that is. You know, we see all these, all these huge businesses that are, are worth billions and yet aren't making any profit. One of the answers to why that is, is because the data behind it, the consumer spending habits and so on and so on is so valuable to the big boys out there.
1: So it's an interesting subject to sort of lead us into our topic today because, you know, there will be those uh, foodpreneurs, entrepreneurs out there who, you know, have made a bit of their name for themselves through, I don't know, their sticky toffee pudding or whatever it might be. And they would there sort of turn around and say, look – I don't need digital transformation. I don't need a digital background there because the proof is literally in my pudding. I uh, suppose the sticky were.
2: toffee pudding doesn't travel well on Deliveroo, though, does it?
1: Doesn't travel well on Deliveroo. <laughs> but again, I mean, just using that as one example of, I mean, is there, is there any example of a business that can't survive these days, especially in the starting up realm without that digital background.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say one of the dangers that that startup people face is being a little bit complacent. So if you've had a really good idea, it's going really well in your actual restaurant or your outlet. And thus, because your numbers are great, you, you don't start looking, you're not hungry, then you might miss the next disruption. So I say the same for the UAE. You know, we've had this amazing vaccination campaign. Now... You keep on hearing legislative changes that are making it easier for startups. So it's the same thing. If you're an entrepreneur, definitely you've got to look for that uh, um, the, the online delivery with that question.
1: We turn our attention to all things uh, F&B in just a few moments' time. Not, though, before uh, we get an update from all the team down at Virtue Zone. Uh, we spoke less yesterday about the fact that you have been just bombarded with uh, inquiries, requests. You've really been taken aback a little bit, Neil, as well by... The amount that's going on out there has the same continued over the last seven days.
2: Yeah, it certainly had. We've had a bit of fun actually. We've had we've had we've had a few of our celebrity clients in the offices over the last Thank week. You. I had an arm wrestle with Larry Wheels. Have you ever seen a picture of him? I have he seen. is. Yeah, like he's, th- he's about the same size as the Burj Khalifa.
1: He's, he's got wheels, isn't and, he?
2: And, and it, yeah. 83 billion followers as yeah. well, and the nicest guy in the world. And I, I didn't realise that he was actually a professional arm wrestler. So, but we've had we've had a few, and we've had Lindsay Lohan. I think I seem to remember that you hold a little bit of a candle towards her, Tom.
1: Just drop that, mic. That was the sound of Mike's being dropped over there by <laughs> Mr. Neil Patch. Yeah. Uh, so, so Lindsay has set up a business here
2: she has and by the way she's absolutely awesome and and i i, I can't uh, share everything about her plans but they are absolutely brilliant and she loves the uae she's a massive fan of the uae and she's very very nice uh, about us as well she says it makes it easy and you know when you when you're busy and you're getting approached by everyone with offers all, all the time you need to get through the clutter. So we've uh, been able to do that.
1: I think that's a really key point to make. You know, this is not a question of just dropping names left, right and centre and microphone drops. It is the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter how big your profile, how big your your following on social media or otherwise. In order to get into this realm, in order to get um, the right paperwork behind you. You need help from organisations like yours.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the celebrity factor is worth talking about because we view celebrities, we put them on a pedestal, we think everything comes easy to them. It doesn't. And the same thing, if you're championing your own start up, people probably see you as the strong figure who, you know, has no problems. Well we all have we all have problems and in that case what you need to do is reach out to your network and make sure you get advice, get support. Don't just try and, another thing is don't recruit people identical to you. Look for people that compliment you.
1: Uh, listen, you are listening to, uh, yeah. starting up with Zone. myself, Tom Merkitt and Neil Petch with you all the way through until 11 o'clock this morning. We're here to give you advice. Well, he's here to give you advice. Uh, I'm here to ask those questions. Uh, all you have to do is to send them through to us now. You can text them to us on 4001. Next up, we're going to turn our attention to the big topic of the day. Uh, And it doesn't get much bigger than coffee at the moment. Uh, Here in the Middle East, uh, the coffee industry is expected to grow to $44 billion this year, according to Euromonitor International. So uh, with that in mind and with the global thirst uh, for the perfect cup of joe, how does a startup really make its mark in what is seemingly a market that is drowning in coffee at the moment? Well, we're going to be speaking to the founder of the delivery app, Kofi, uh, who've just announced some rather big funding news this morning. In fact, details coming up next.
2: Startup Spotlight. spotlight.
1: Uh, the coffee delivery app, Kofi, uh, has this morning announced that it's raised no fewer than $10 million in new funding to expand its operations. It's the latest company to benefit from the region's ever-growing love of coffee. Kofi was founded in 2017. It was developed in Silicon Valley, launched in 2018, and it's been making something of a... Stir, excuse the pun, ever since. Catherine Cunningham has more.
0: Kofi is a delivery app where coffee lovers can order from international franchises and independent offerings. The Kuwaiti-based business entered the UAE last year and is also available in Saudi Arabia and the UK. Founder Ali al Ibrahim.
3: If you cannot start your day unless you drink your cup of caffeine and you're a coffee addict, this is the best app to discover more choices and, and coffee shops and also to get the best uh, rewards and benefits uh, through it.
0: Its mission to give customers fast and efficient access to their favourite cup of coffee.
1: Uh, well, the founder, uh, as you heard there, of uh, Kofi uh, joins us now live on the line, live via uh, Microsoft Teams. Absolute pleasure to welcome Ali Al-Ebrahim to the show. Ali, really appreciate your time this morning.
3: Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having us today.
1: Hey, listen, congratulations, first and foremost, on the new funding. Always well received and uh, you've worked hard for it, that's for sure. I suppose the uh, obvious first question is what are you going to do with the cash?
3: (laughs) So um, for for us, it was uh, one big journey, especially during uh, COVID last year. And, um, you know, 2020 was hard for everyone. Uh, The the cash itself, uh, we're uh, targeting to expand more especially in uh, Turkey, Egypt and the uh, UK, uh, to grow our operations uh, more uh, there in the cities. Now, obviously, as we mentioned in that little intro
1: there Elian, I wanted to sort of dive in a little deeper just to give uh, our viewers and listeners a little more insight into this one. Um, you are an app based business Um, there are so many different delivery services out there There there's so many uh, walk-ins drive-throughs or otherwise what does the the the, the app offer customers that they can't get through other services
3: so uh, the the app mainly is is an online coffee marketplace so yes we we have uh, delivery but it's not the the major uh, feature for us it's more of the premium services of uh, click and collect curbsides and also getting to connect with your favorite brands and and getting into the rewards and benefits whenever you use the app more.
2: Yeah, Ali, I guess this is a thing that a lot of startups uh, wish to do, which is educate their customer. We're always telling people Dubai is the best place to set your company up in the world. We've got to get that message out and show them how. You must have a lot of very, very loyal coffee lovers who are looking for something new, who are looking for variety. So how do you go about educating the market about that so that they really want to get the best new thing from you? (laughs)
3: Uh, exactly. Uh, you said a great thing. The educa- education part is very important to us, and also the discovery part. So it's not only the international, let's say, franchise brands that everyone knows. It's also the local and specialty coffee shops that introduce more premium kind of coffee that you can find in every city. So if you go to Dubai or Riyadh or later on on London, there is some local uh, coffee shops and some. Speciality premium coffee that you can discover just uh, through the app itself whenever uh, you're there. So so that's uh, one of the things that we, we take a huge uh, يعني, uh, major aspect on. And also uh, we, we introduce the uh, the uh, experience of, of the baristas and, and educate them of what kind of coffees that you can get, the machines, the equipments for it also. is all part of, of the coffee app itself.
2: Ali, I know that our own Minister of Economy goes to the Capital Club in DIFC because he loves the specific coffee that they make there. So this sort of thing definitely works. Tell our listeners... Your favorite new cup of uh, coffee that people can get through your app?
3: So uh, it, it depends. For for me, I, I always love to uh, get involved with the local uh, uh, coffee shops. Yeah, uh, uh, in Kuwait, one of the favorites are, are Toby's Estates. Uh, it, it's more, you know, uh, concentrating on on uh, the specialty coffee and and also caf uh, uh, coffee shop which I which I love. Uh, always, And they have a Dutch brew where it's, it's uh, more, again, uh, premium and, and has it's a strong kind of uh, a flavor to it.
2: Fantastic. Now, we could talk about coffee all day, but let's talk about the money side of things as well. The 10 million, likewise joining Tom in congratulating you on that, Ali. Uh, the, the investors behind the company, were, were they strategic investors? Was it, was it just the cash? What, uh, what what decisions did you make then when deciding who to take on board?
3: Uh, Yes, uh, we had a couple of options and one of them was Tiaz Group, which is a listed company in the Kuwait Stock Exchange. Uh, For us, uh, it it was a strategic investor because they're getting involved not only for the short term, also for the long term. I think uh, they can help us even expand more uh, in more uh, rounds to come, especially uh, uh, if we uh, perform the right way. And and, uh, for us it came because they're already uh, in the region and they're already uh, a listed company that will help us even structure the right way uh, during our journey. As you know, startups, we tend to be uh, a bit uh, hands on on ground. So the the corporate aspect of it and, and helping us uh, towards the IPO later on could could uh, take us a long way with them. Uh, especially uh, as a listed company
2: already, and Ali, a lot of our listeners, one of their challenges is onboarding customers. It can be very expensive to to build your customer base. Um, how how are you prioritizing spending your money on customer acquisition?
3: So uh, that's also one of the the best things about coffee. yani, uh, you're 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 literally uh, marketing something that in every culture has a special kind of you know uh, a place in the heart. So, so introducing coffee and introducing the reward pointing and benefits out of it, I think it's a global kind of uh, language that a lot of people get involved with. So it's all about the convenience and also it's all about uh, whenever you uh, order more, through your favorite brands and your favorite uh, drinks, you will get um, uh, more rewards and, and uh, customer you know, uh, loyalty uh, through uh, the app. So what we say usually, it's not uh, coffee's rewards program alone. It's a Costa's rewards program. It's Caribou's rewards program. It's, uh, you know, all specialty coffee shops uh, rewards program where they can customize their own benefits uh, to their customers and have a channel to connect with them uh, through this app.
1: We, we we threw those numbers around and you'll be no stranger to the extraordinary growth of the coffee market globally and specifically here in the Middle East. You know, $155 billion by 2026, according to some predictions, $44 billion this year in the Middle East alone. With those figures in mind, um, how do you set yourself apart from the competition when starting up?
3: so that's where where uh, for us again a lot of assumptions was that people will get with with uh, yeah, an application related to coffee uh, because it's something that they uh, daily use and and also on the same time uh, during our journey there was a huge deals in the in the coffee market that uh, yeah, and people understand that there's a huge deals in the tech but usually in coffee yeah, uh, nobody recognized, but Costa Coffee with 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 Coca-Cola over five billion, uh, Nestle capsules with Starbucks over seven billion, uh, also uh, Bre- Preta manger with Jab Holding Group over two billion, and and so on. So there's huge deals that are happening. This market is expanding. It's the second consumed after water. The coffee and tea market is that that big, and and we think to have an application related to that market. Is, is very important, because what we saw that uh, travel, flowers, even the hospitality and food has their own marketplaces, but the fastest-growing beverage is coffee without any real marketplace. There are some brands that have some apps, but everything coffee. In one platform, there's still not uh, an app for that or a marketplace for that, not in a local aspect, also in a, in a, in a global uh, aspect, yet. Yeah
1: just finally ali before we let you get on uh, again congratulations from all the team down here but what's next what's in the pipelines what's in the coffee pipelines for 2021 for you
3: so uh, we we we're introducing very soon a whole uh, e-commerce platform for uh, for coffee it's a whole upgrade of the coffee store that we have and uh, i just want to emphasize also that uh, yani 2020 was hard for everyone and we couldn't do it without a uh, a big team that yeah, I'm here now talking, but on behalf, a huge team that helped us in every single way uh, during the journey to achieve this milestone for us. Now is the real start, as they say, to grow even uh, further more.
1: Well, congratulations from Neil, myself and the rest of the team down here. Uh, spend that money well, my friend. And we'll definitely be talking to you again in the future. That's for sure. Keep brewing uh, as you brew yeah. um, across the region. And thank you so much indeed for your time this morning. bro, ali
3: Shukran thank you guys thank you
1: for Big thanks to, to us. Ali Al Ibrahim there the founder of uh, Coffee the uh, online app who was joining us live on Microsoft
0: You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone
1: on Dubai Eye 103.8 Indeed, you are. This is starting up with Virtue Zone. Uh, myself, Tom Urquhart, and Neil Petch with you all the way through till 11. But to that end, um, uh, have you got a passion project that you have launched uh, recently? Do you want some free advice? Uh, you've got a company clinic coming your way shortly. So all you have to do is get your questions into us now. Text us on 4001. Have your say online at Dubai I 1038 FM or at Virtue on Instagram, at Virtue Zone underscore UAE on Twitter. And do remember to use the hashtags. Hashtag starting up with VirtuZone. Hashtag be your own boss. Plus, just a quick one. uh, The team from Zone continue this much like, you know, an episode of Big Brother. Once the actual episode comes to a conclusion, they're very active online. So there's all sorts of clinics going on online straight after the show. So when any questions are answered, get them into it. I mean, does your team ever sleep, Neil, or not?
2: Absolutely not. No, that's that's a a new startup. The uh, Limitless Pill.
1: The Limitless Pill. I love that. Uh, Right. Let's talking talking of that and talking of lack of sleep. uh, What better topic topic to be talking about uh, than all things F and B? Um, There have been no shortage uh, of stories of people starting uh, food and beverage or cooking passion projects, specifically during the pandemic. Still sliding doors mentality, isn't it? You know, if one door closes, unfortunately, you you lose your job, you get furloughed or otherwise. Uh, What do you do? You either go back to your home country or you look to embrace that passion project you've always had. Be that the best chocolate chip cookies known to mankind, the best smoked meats or otherwise. Well, Crush Brands, the operators of um, the brilliant Freedom Pizza has recently taken on a couple of uh, startup food success stories: uh, Jetlag Chef. A healthy food service started after the owner lost her job in aviation and the brilliantly named Viking Bagheri started by a couple whose baguettes have become so popular people were driving from Abu Dhabi and Ras al up to pick them up at their home. To explain more about Crush and Crush Brands, here's Catherine Cunningham.
0: Founded in the UAE in 2009, Crush Brands is best known as the operators of Freedom Pizza. It runs a variety of food offerings, giving them access to their technology and delivery platforms and business and marketing tools. Founder Ian O'Han describes his unique company
1: Crush Brands is a locally grown, foodpreneur first, food technology, operating and food delivery company. It is a smart alternative to the third party delivery ecosystem. At its core, Crush is about good food. Good people and good ideas, and believes that local is better.
0: Giving a new generation the chance to make an impact on the food scene.
1: Uh, well, we've got a completely different Ian joining us now. The founder and the CEO of Crush Brands <laughs> joins us live via Microsoft Teams. Thanks. Ian, good to have you on board, and good to see you this morning as well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Uh, Listen, great to have you with us. Talk to us a little bit before we move on, Ian, uh, uh, about these new startups you've taken on. The reason I'm interested to kick off here is that you you and I, this isn't your first rodeo. You and I have spoken time and time again, uh, be it about your startups through Freedom or Otherwise or Otherwise. There are no shortage of people knocking on your door at the moment saying, uh, give us a leg up, help us along the way. Why these two?
4: Well, I think these two, first of all, they're both COVID startups. Um, the things that we're looking for in partners are uh, people that have a great product, which kind of goes without saying. Um, they're fanatical about customer service. So they have this really strong uh, you know, belief and connection with their customers. And, and also people that share similar values to us about the way we treat people and, you know, the way we're, you know, we're, we're thoughtful about our communities that we operate. And so we're looking for those three things. The rest we can provide, uh, Crush Brands can provide. But if we find those three things, I, I would argue that they're actually quite rare. Um, and uh, we saw both of those in both jetlag Chef and uh, Viking Baggery.
1: Let's talk foodpreneurs, if you like. I'm not sure if you're a fan of, of the phrase itself, etc. Is, it, is this one of the sectors, Ian, that people get into without realising quite how much work is involved?
4: Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably true. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, you know, 10 years ago, the barriers to entry to food and beverage were if I had a good product and good service, I could do well. You know, with, with the advent of third party uh, delivery and all the, 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 the innovation that's taking place in the industry, I'd argue today that it's even more difficult. The barriers to entry are even more difficult for food and beverage. Um, and so you have to think about uh, you know um, um, uh, distribution uh, channels to market. You have to think about technology. You have to think about delivery. You have to think about physical presence. So there's a lot more uh, to look at these days. But and, you know, but what we're worried about is that the innovation will slow down because they, there's, it, the barriers to entry are higher. So we, we want to foster that at Crush Brands, um, using leveraging our platform and the things that we've done for our own, uh, our, our own uh, brands.
2: Ian, yeah, you mentioned innovation, and that's one of the things that we try and stimulate as well, which is for your staff and for your partners to innovate. They need to feel that they can trust that you're gonna support them. You said that you look for people with common values, and I think that's something that entrepreneurs sometimes forget, which is, you know, be working incredibly hard. So you wanna work with people that you enjoy, that you learn from, and that you feel comfortable uh, with. I've noticed that all the brands that we've just spoken about today that you're bringing on, they all seem to share uh, a a few things. So when when you're looking at an idea, how important are the actual people behind it?
4: I think it's the most important thing because, you know, there, there's a lot of people that make a lot of food <laughs> in the world. Um, but for me, and, you know, we we have a certain set of values. Um, to your point, we want to work with people that we enjoy working with. We, we love what we do and we need to work with people that also love what they do. And, you know, and let's be honest, I mean, business is hard and, you know, you need people that, you know, we can stand shoulder to shoulder with. Um, you know, when things are difficult and, uh, and enjoy the good times together. Um, but, but that, that alignment of, of sort of values is extraordinarily important, possibly the most important uh, thing that we're looking for.
2: Yeah, the thing that hit home to me is they say that uh, if you're a football team, a red shirt benefits you. Sorry about that, uh, Tom. And the same, you know, Crush Brands. I mean, that is a powerful brand in itself, isn't it? As are the names that we're talking about. Is is that part of the flavor, the secret sauce that you, do you seek to add to your partners?
4: Yeah. I mean, look, we, what's, I think what's unique about our platform is we have our own technology platform and our own team. Uh, our technology te- development team, we have our own operations, we have our own brands, and we have our own delivery. So um, and 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 then wrapped around all of that is our values and how we treat customers, how we treat the, our employees, how we uh, operate within the communities um, that we that we work in. And so those those three things are very important. And I think something else to keep in mind that's very important is within our platform, we don't leak any fees. So we don't pay third party delivery fees, we don't pay franchise fees. Um, and uh, we have our own technology and our own marketplace. So, um, so, so we're able to base, you know, what we want to do is make sure that our platform is as financially efficient as possible so that we can make money, the, the people that we partner with can make money and our customers can get good value. The the challenge we have today is there's so many uh, what I call leakages <laughs> yeah. into the in third party delivery thirty five percent you know multi kitchen ten percent um, franchise fees seven to ten percent there's nothing left for a new entrepreneur a new startup in in our industry today um, and certainly um, you know there's you know it puts a lot of pressure on pricing and you know the value that we can provide the customers so we think by leveraging our ecosystem on behalf of our partners. We provide a great platform for them to grow, and, and we really want them to grow their businesses.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a Our- great lesson actually for people who are listening who are thinking to start up. Sometimes you know, the, the power of the idea captures you and, and takes over, and you've got to look at the numbers, haven't you, Ian? And that, I suppose that's something that you can provide to all your partners because uh, once you've worked out all the various layers where, where you have to pay, suddenly a brilliant idea might turn into a brilliant idea that costs you a lot of money.
4: That's correct. And uh, it's with all that bleed that's taking place in the industry today, it's, it's easy to go down sort of what I call the wrong route. But, you know, it depends on how serious you are. I don't think anyone starts a business without wanting to grow that business and scale it. And, you know, so I think they need to choose their partners carefully as they move forward. Um, and people that genuinely want to see them grow not to, you know, to be basically they want people to help them grow, not to uh, take advantage of their growth. If is that that, makes
1: sense. Is that just to pick up on that one, though, Ian, is that is that one of the reasons? I mean, when you go into when you launch a startup like this, do you, do you go in with the mindset that I'm looking to sell this company in a couple of years time or I'm looking to franchise within a certain time? Or is that the wrong mindset to go into? You have to focus on what you do best first.
4: I think you always have to focus on what you do best because without that now or in the future, um, you know, the value of your company or your business is 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 uh, is, is marginalized. But the um, so, so that's a given in our world. But I think you always have to think about growth. You know, people work hard, you know, entrepreneurs work hard. And um, I, I, there's no entrepreneur I know that doesn't want to grow their business or become more successful in whatever way that means for them, whether that's geographic growth, you know, sales growth. Um, you know, different um, um, different product growth. Um, I think most entrepreneurs are very, you know, very passionate and they work very hard. So, you know, I believe it's important that they consider what their growth strategy is and their growth ambitions are um, in choosing their partners going forward.
2: Ian, you mentioned your tech platform. Someone out there with a great idea for a new burger. Why, why? Tell me about the tech side, why they should come to you and, and how you're going to help them get out to the market faster.
4: So, so our tech platform is built by us for us. We, uh, today we have a 60% direct online order rate, so that's customers using our platform directly to place orders directly to our, our kitchens. Um, and we have a, a, a great database of customers that uh, you know, are, are interested in new and exciting foods and concepts. Um, and the cost of our, pl- we don't make, I think the key thing is we don't make money from our platform. We didn't build our platform like uh, third-party companies to make money from it. We built it so that we can deliver food to customers at a reasonable price. So um, we don't, we're not looking to make a profit on our platform. We're not looking to make a profit on delivery. We Our profit is on food because that's what we believe in. That's the business that we're in.
1: Ian, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. All the best for 2021. I know you've got plenty of exciting uh, stories coming up and lots to look forward to throughout the rest of the year. All the best with the new partners as well, uh, your friends uh, at Jetlag Chef and uh, the baguettes of Viking Bagheri. Uh, last question from me and to all those that can see you on your Microsoft Teams thing, bike in the background. Uh, is that a bike that you actually cycle?
4: Yeah, I do. It, it, get, it does get off the wall every once in a while. <laughs> so
1: it, <laughs> That he's biking up to Abu
2: Dhabi for the baguettes.
1: Ah, there we are. First to the bakery. <laughs> good good no on you, Ian. Really good to speak to you, my friend. Thank you so much indeed. Ian O'Han is the founder and the CEO of Crush Brands. He was joining us live on the show and live via Microsoft Teams. We wrap things up with the company clinic next. Company clinic. Basically, uh, giving, answering your questions. Got any questions? Text us on 4001. Bit of a cheat, this one. Uh, Richard Dean sn- snuck in a question uh, before he left and asked me to pose this one to you. But It's a fairly valid one, especially, I suppose, given the topic being F&B. You know, we've sat here on the Business Breakfast. We've talked about the pandemic pivot, the pandemic pirouette, whatever you want to call it, people losing jobs, people starting up uh, their own side deals or their side hustles becoming their main source of revenue Is there a sort of percentage, especially in a very volatile market like F&B, of falling by the wayside? The reason we ask it, it's been over a year now since we've been talking about the pandemic. Um, Is there any way to sort of mark how long these startups last or not?
2: Yeah, it's actually very easy. I mean, a, a typical customer stays with us for four and a half years. That's what our data tells us. Our fathers always used to tell us that half of all startups fail in the first year. It's inevitable that your costs are high, your revenues are low, yet we've always uh, achieved between 70 and 75%. We did have a drop off. I think it was about 3.5% this year, which to be honest, I was pretty impressed that it was only 3.5%. What that, I would say, those of you that are listening, that are thinking to start up, when you look at the costs of setting up, don't just look at the actual price that you have to sign for the for the trade license you've got to look at the whole thing you've got to make sure that you have every chance of of succeeding that you get support in the areas that you need, whether it it be to have an accounting service, a telephone answering service, IT support. We were listening about the and the Khalifa Fund earlier. If you're getting access to potential investment, whether it be short-term or or whether it be a strategic investment in your company, these are things that you need to be looking at. And I think the the companies that have done well at the beginning of COVID a year ago, they looked at cash flow management. They were very, very keep the cash in, in the building. Communicate to your staff and, and, and work with them and i 'd like to think that certainly in our, in our community our customers have been very, very successful so there have been some great disruption stories which we were talking about today, but then there 's the simple ones where the, you know the cream rises to the top and, and, the, and the best ones take market share there 's never been a cheaper time to take market share than right now, Tom. Mm
1: been a busy old show, as always. It always is the case, twas ever such, on starting up with Virtue Zone. Uh, two great guests, uh, Ali and Ian. Uh, we taught coffee, we taught crush. Big takeaways from the day. Neil Petch. Well, I,
2: I think the main uh, thing that we've learnt uh, today is have a cup of coffee early in the morning, <laughs> for sure. Have a powerful brand. And, and I think Ian was absolutely right. Work with people that you want to come in in the morning, that you want to listen, that you want to grow, and that if you do make a mistake, they get behind you and they support you, Tom, just like you would if I stumbled over my words now.
1: Completely. Um, I, I, I'm more than I, I'm there to, to to help out at all points. I suppose the other thing for me as well is... And again, correct me if I'm wrong, because coffee to me just seems such a competitive market. I mean, is there ever a point... Where somebody comes and puts a a, a a business plan on the table and says, I'm opening a coffee <laughs> joint and I'm going to open it on Jamira Beach Road and that's it. And you just go, you know what, there's enough coffee joints on Jamira Beach Road.
2: Yet another. Yeah, but I mean, I think the thing is there's a lot of businesses, we're, we're in one where people are trying to pluck the low-hanging fruit. So you look for people who are looking for the fruit yeah. higher up the tree and are finding an innovative way of doing that. So that's one of the things as an investor that I would be looking for. Or is someone planning ahead but planning ahead whilst maintaining a profitable business it, it's always that juggling act
1: it is always a pleasure mr neil patch thank you very much indeed you, to Tom. you and all your team looking forward to doing again all again round about this time next tuesday uh, in fact we do it each and every tuesday starting up uh, with virtue zone uh, thanks to neil patch the co-founder and the chairman of virtue zone